Hello, and welcome to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is your one-stop shop for all things nutrition, fitness, and mindset. Our goal is to help you make fitness and nutrition a part of your life, not your whole life. We discuss a variety of topics, including faith, self-awareness, sustainability and consistency, training programs, grocery store navigation, and how to enjoy your favorite foods without guilt or remorse. There is a lot of noise out there in the world of health and fitness, so we're here to provide real, reliable, and practical answers and recommendations that will keep you moving forward on your journey. My wife Ashley and I are your hosts, and please do not hesitate to reach out on social media to say hello, ask questions, or comment on this week's episode. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. Right, welcome back. This is episode 137, and once again, Ash is joining me. She said one episode was not enough to fix <laughs> the problem with the downloads, so here she is one more time. Not one more time. If, if the downloads don't increase, <laughs> I might be kicked off altogether, she said. So hopefully you're not someone who enjoyed me, because it's soon to be the Ashley Ball Show. <laughs> Never. Literally never. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> Did I sound like Bieber? <laughs> Which we never finished our conversation about him, like not like being able to move half of his face. But yeah, I forget what the syndrome's called, but he is half of his face has paralysis. Yeah, it goes away. Well, oh. it can go away. But it's, it might not. No, I think it often does, oh. but it's possible for it to like cause permanent damage. Wow. That'd be a shame. Yeah. You would be sad. I mean, I think he has the money for the best treatment, so I think <laughs> he'll be okay. Yeah, true. I would be sad. He's legit. He's good. Okay. Anyway, we're back today, <laughs> and we are talking about the phases of nutrition. So why don't you kind of fill me in? Where did this topic come from? Well, apparently, this is my favorite topic. <laughs> so, in case you don't know Ash super well, she's very defensive if <laughs> you call her out on something. That's not true. Only you. Okay. I guess she's just most comfortable with me, and yeah. so she's fake with everyone I... else. <laughs> <laughs> just a big fake bitch. <laughs> now you're going to have to lower the volume because you made me laugh. I know. There, we were peaking there for sure. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> and I don't think you're a bitch, honey. <laughs> I would never. Uh, anyway, so I called her out and said, we've done an episode on this. And she said, no, we have not. And then I said, we've definitely done like 27 posts about it. And then she got <laughs> even more mad at me. We have done posts. So anyway, we're going to do an actual episode on it. So Ash, explain a little bit about where this came, this idea came from, aside from the fact that it's your favorite. <laughs> and what it means it's my favorite because i talk every single time i talk about it with our one-on-one -on -one clients i get the exact same response like they're in utter shock is that the right word utter yeah utter shock <laughs> um and so i just think it's super interesting like i it's a topic that every again every time i talk about it they're like 
why don't people talk about that? So that's why I freaking make 27 posts about it and apparently have a podcast about it. I see. And mm-hmm. when you say utter, are you saying <laughs> ye- utter spelled with T's or utter spelled with D's? Definitely did not know there was an utter spelled with D's. I think that's like a cow's utter. Oh, I would spell it utter. I would spell it with T's. Is there a d- I don't know if it, there even is T's and D's. I don't think D's. there's D's. I swear a cow utter is spelled with D's and a, an utter, like utter shock, is T's. We're going to look this up right now as we're going through this conversation. Oh. Cow utter is is cow's under thing. Is that D or T? D. D. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. D. Stop. <laughs> Let me go back to what you just said. Oh, <laughs> cow utter is a cow's under thing. Yeah. That's what you just had. That's how you just described yeah, it. Yeah, where the milk comes. Yeah. Ut- utter with T's is utter means shock. complete, yeah. absolute. So I was right. Hmm. So there is a difference. If you asked me how to spell ca- cow utter before this call. You had to put or before Yes. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, moving you on from there. You learn something new every day. That's why Ash has Grammarly plugged into <laughs> all of her computer. I like do. every application on our computer communicates. Does with yours Grammarly. not do that? No. Oh, that's why I find so many spelling errors with yours. <laughs> there are not that many. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so you asked that. That's why it's my favorite. Okay. Topic. Well, back to so the, we're gonna get into the it. topic. There are four phases of nutrition: mm-hmm. the deficit, a reverse diet or reverse maintenance, and surplus. So yes. let's break each of those down and let's start with. In your notes here, you have everyone's favorite. It is everyone's favorite. The deficit. (laughs) How many people do you know that never want to go into a deficit? I'm raising my hand. You've never wanted to go into a deficit. Why would I want to go in a deficit? When you were bodybuilding, you wanted to get lean. This AKA move into a deficit. Does that mean I want to go into a deficit? No. Yeah, but you wanted to get lean. You know what you're reminding me of right now? You're reminding me of the movie The Breakup with Vince Vaughn when she's like, I just want you to get lemon or i want you to want to go <laughs> yeah. get lemons and he's like why would i want to go get lemons yeah why would i want to get lean okay but or so to I, I said that <laughs> but exactly what you just said you want to get lean so that's what i meant at some point everyone wants to get leaner and okay change erotic that's fair which requires a deficit okay okay so what is it are you asking me <laughs> no i can go i'll go <laughs> So a deficit is when you're consuming fewer calories than you're expending or relative to your maintenance calories. Yep. That's it. So you're eating less than you're expending. Exactly. Now, when should you be in this phase? So some signs that you are prepared, and this is like an optimal situation, right? Mm -hmm. That you're optimally prepared to go into a deficit. You're managing your stress well, uh, sleeping seven to nine hours, you feel energized throughout your day. Uh, you're exercising regularly, living an active lifestyle outside of the gym, so not just exercising for one hour per day, um, eating adequate amounts of protein, eating adequate amounts of fruits and vegetables, uh, and having an understanding that dieting is about consistency, sustainability, and habit formation. It's not necessarily just a quick fix or a means to an end. It's developing habits that can be sustained over time to help you achieve that goal. And then you can transition into the next phase. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And then um, I'm going to take this next one, but 
how long should you stay there? So I used to always like just give a blanket statement of 12 to 16 weeks at most. But I found over the years um, that's not it's not always the case. Sometimes and this is rarely, but like sometimes you achieve your goal before the 12 week mark or sometimes people just change their goals. I've, I've had a handful of clients start with us saying like, okay, my goal is to get leaner, which again, we're moving into a deficit. And then after a few weeks, they're like, you know what? I really actually just love feeling strong and feeling like I have energy. So their goal changes. And then we move out out of a deficit. And then again, I used to have that like hard cut of, oh, we can't be in a deficit for longer than 16 weeks. But what I found is oftentimes for the majority of individuals, we're not actually in a deficit for 16 weeks. Like there's weeks that life happens where we're eating more food or we're traveling, we're not tracking. um, And so we're not actually in a deficit. So again, if you're being super consistent, super compliant, I'd say you don't usually want to be in there for or be in a deficit for longer than four months. um, But it's okay if it's a little longer as well. I think some signs that you want to look for to move out out of a deficit is like if you are struggling to be compliant, which often leads to just like binge like tendencies, overeating um, or your biofeedback changes. So like you're not sleeping at night or you're waking up not being able to fall back asleep. Your bowel movements are inconsistent. You lose your period if you're a female. Um, And honestly, you just like feel awful most days, most days that's where I'd say okay no matter if you hate your goal or not you want to move out of a deficit anything to add there no I don't think so keep rolling okay so basically navigating a deficit everyone's going to be different here I feel like that's like the cliche term with fitness and nutrition but it is true Um, Just to give you an idea, though, we recommend starting with about a 10% deficit and staying consistent for three to four weeks at a minimum before making any adjustments. If you're consistent for those three to four weeks and not seeing body composition changes or that downward trend with the scale, adjust to a 20% deficit. We don't typically recommend going more than like 30 to 35% deficit from maintenance just because that's going to be a lot of calories. Um, And yeah, that's kind of how we navigate that. I just wanted to add a quick correction there. 30 to 35% deficit from maintenance. Yes. Not for maintenance. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah. Sorry, from. Just didn't want that to get confusing because you don't have to be in a 30% deficit to maintain. Yes, right. yes, yes, yes. I was like, that doesn't even make sense before, but yeah, that does. Um, anything else there? What can they, this is a different topic, but what can they expect while being in a deficit? So the scale is going to fluctuate. Um, it can definitely help look at that big picture to see if there's that downward trend. For our clients, we literally have on their Google Sheet, and this is something that we recently added, so you might not even have seen it yet (laughs) when this episode comes out, but uh, for any new clients, there's a tab on our Google Sheet that literally you add their weekly average, and it has a trend line. Have you seen seen it? This is old. I've seen this. I mean, it's not that old. We've had this. I've only used it for a few clients. I know, but I've seen it. Okay, I look at your check-in sheets every week. 
Why? For anyone who is also a fitness client. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, I'm so grading you. you. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Um, so you can expect that. Definitely. We talked about this in a previous episode, but some hunger is to be expected. If there is no hunger, you are not in a deficit. Um, unless you're totally out of tune with your hunger cues. The is word you were looking for was oblivious. Yeah, but like out of tune makes sense. It's out of touch. Oh, out of touch. That's <laughs> what I was looking for. Out of touch with your hunger cues. <laughs> What's the tune? Is there like a statement with tune in it? In tune. <laughs> like <laughs> I fucking married this. I live with this. I put a baby in this. <laughs> I'm stuck with it. That's funny. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, and then with weight, a good rule of thumb, this is going to be different for everyone. It depends how much you have to lose. Uh, but aiming for an average of like half a pound to one pound per week, that's typically sustainable. Anything more than that consistently um, often means we're probably doing something that is a bit too restrictive and may not be sustainable long term copy that okay next one reverse diet what is it i I was just gonna say you mind if i take this one but now you're interviewing me so i am gonna take it Hmm. uh so essentially a reverse diet is slowly increasing or we'll say methodically increasing your caloric intake in a stepwise fashion so the goal here is to move ourselves either into a maintenance phase or move ourselves out of a deficit in order to avoid some of the things that result from being in a true deficit for a prolonged period of time. So I'm not talking, this isn't like starvation mode, like you'll hear some people say. We're not saying this is starvation mode. This is a chronic, these are chronic conditions, things that happen very slowly and progressively over time when we're not consuming adequate food. So there'll be a slight decrease in your basal metabolic rate. Your activity and exercise obviously become harder because you're not fueling your body properly. Your what's called NEAT is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That will decrease because you're not moving as frequently and you're not burning, quote unquote burning, as many calories throughout the day due to the fact that your digestion is being and your metabolism is being somewhat altered. These are very like sensitive terms here because they're not concrete, but And the last thing would be that digestion somewhat slows. So all of these things are just slow, progressive, chronic adaptations when we're not getting enough calories or enough food. So ideally, the reverse diet helps us to avoid all of these things by moving us back into that maintenance range of our calories. Mm -hmm. Now, when should you be in this phase? Yeah, so if you've been dieting, if you've been in a deficit... For more than, you know, a few, we're going to put the word few in there, a few months. That might be three months. It might be four, could be five. Like like we said earlier, the limit on your deficit is somewhat dependent on the individual and the severity of it, et cetera. But if you've been dieting for a prolonged period of time, uh, if you've been eating very low calories for an extended period of time. Now, here's the one caveat to this. When we say that, some people will come to us and say they've been dieting for years. They've been eating 1,100 calories for years or 1,200 calories. 
the thing is they haven't actually been eating only 1100 calories for years what they're doing is they're eating very little calories on most days and then likely binging or consuming very calorically dense foods a couple times per week and that's putting that weekly average well above their maintenance calories and that's why they haven't lost any weight over the last 10 years eating that low of food does that make sense because mm-hmm. they're not they haven't truly been in that deficit but they're eating so few calories that to eat more calories consistently we don't just want to jump them up 30 percent. we want to work our way there progressively mm-hmm. um other reasons that you could be in this phase, uh, if you feel like you've been just consistently yo-yo dieting for years and stuck in that cycle, if you've lost a significant amount of weight and never increased your calories again, you're still eating just a super low number of calories. Um, if you're consistently tired and have low energy throughout the day, that could be another reason. Uh, and if you want to diet in the future, but you're currently eating too few calories, if you're truly only consuming 1,100 calories per day, there's not a lot of room to go down from there. No. And right? so don't. we need to work our way to a point where we can then move into a deficit without exposing ourselves to extreme weight gain or body fat gain. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you how do you navigate a deficit? So first thing you're going to need to do is determine your baseline calories. Um, and the way you can do that, if you're not familiar with that, is just track your food for one to two weeks and take the average of everything you've been eating. Uh, if you're, if you're like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, you can hire a coach and someone who's knowledgeable and credible will help you do that. From there, you need to calculate your maintenance calories based on the, or through an equation, which we'll go over, you know, I don't know if we're going to go over it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to go over it at some point here in the conversation, but not right this second. So you can calculate through an equation. Don't use any calculators online. Like I would actually recommend plugging this in yourself. There are some decent calculators, but I'll a lot of them one. can be a little funky. And then from there, you're going to choose your rate of progression, meaning what is the jump you're going to take? Uh, it, you know, essentially, how are you going to do this in a stepwise fashion? And that should be somewhere around 10 to 20% above baseline to start. And then from there, you're going to increase that every two to three weeks. So maybe it's 10% the first week above your baseline. The next, after two to three weeks, go to 15%. After two to three weeks, you go to 20%. And you're just going to monitor your progress and adjust as you go through that process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else there? I don't think so. And then I think, I mean, this is one of my favorite things is like, what can people expect in a reverse diet? Yeah. So it's going to be dependent on the individual, but... There are three general outcomes. One, body weight will stay the same. And you'll likely feel the positive benefits like improved energy, better sleep quality, better mood, um, you know, less hunger, greater recovery. And you may also see a change in your body composition in that case. So even though weight didn't necessarily change, your body composition could be altered just from eating higher quality foods, eating more nutrient-dense foods, eating more adequate amount of food. Uh, The second outcome would be weight gain, which won't be excessive if it's done correctly, but you'll likely need to gain some weight in order to have a successful diet in the future. So the weight may fluctuate upwards. And then the third outcome would be weight loss. So even though you're consuming more calories, you might be more dialed in, meaning you might be consuming more calories more is in, in like is a relative term because 
it's more on your daily basis than what you had been consuming. But in general, you're still below what you had been consuming if you look at it across the week. Does that yes. make sense? Yeah. So on day to day, you might feel like you're eating a lot more calories and you could be. But if you look at the weekly average from that specific week, you actually consumed fewer calories because you didn't have those days or those instances where you ate super calorically dense foods or you binged in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll say from experience, both you and I, I feel like we see more individuals with body weight staying the same slash even um, gaining a little bit of weight. The things you see on Instagram are always people losing weight because it just sounds so amazing to eat more food, lose weight. But it is um, like one of the most rare. And oftentimes you'll hear eating more food and losing weight. And that's just a clever way and attractive way to say you're eating more high quality foods. Mm -hmm. So the calories are less. Yeah. You're eating more caloric or nutrient dense foods than calorically dense foods. So the volume of food you're eating has gone way up. Mm -hmm. But you're not actually eating more calories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What's next? Maintenance. What is it? <laughs> so it's basically the calorie range that's required on a daily basis just to maintain your current body weight. Got it. Okay. And when should someone be in this phase? So uh, signs that you should ideally be eating at maintenance... <laughs> We already mentioned whether you finished us, which whether you finished in a deficit phase. Uh, maybe you're finishing a surplus phase, which we're going to talk about. If you're constantly feeling hungry, if you're waking up multiple times during the night, you have low energy, you have hair loss. You're it's hard for you to lose weight. You're having irregular periods. Basically, all of those warning signs we went over in the diet phase or deficit phase um, would mean that it's time to be in a maintenance range. Now this is maintenance. So like how long should someone stay in maintenance? Cause maintenance sounds like it could be forever. Yeah. So honestly a, a good rule of thumb is the longer, the better in our opinion, like you should be in your maintenance range more times than not throughout the year. And I think a lot of people forget that piece. And how do you like navigate or figure out where you should be in terms of maintenance? So I didn't ask you this before we started recording, but can we put the equation in the show notes? Sure. Okay. So I'm going to, because it is a, like if I rattle things off, people well, we're not going like, to read any hell? of those equations. Yeah. They're way too long. Um, But so we're going to provide you with an equation and I believe, is it one second? I just don't want to say it wrong. What are you looking up? The equation that I use that is really helpful. Yeah, we're just going to put it in the show notes. Yeah, but I had like one. Okay, okay. Anyways, go on. Solved. Okay, so we're going to put that in the show notes. So look out for that. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, what can someone expect from maintenance? Is there anything to expect? So basically, you're just going to feel amazing, which is really, really cool. You should have plenty of energy um you feel should feel really good in the gym your recovery is great sleep is going to be an awesome like going to be awesome now even if you're in your maintenance range and you have one shitty night of sleep or one bad day in the gym it doesn't mean like <gasps> i'm not in my maintenance range like that's still gonna happen every day is not going to be perfect but the majority of time you should be feeling pretty damn good love it 
anything else with maintenance negative okay so the last phase which i feel like is pretty rare not i don't work with we don't work with a lot of people that want to be in a surplus yeah and that's i mean that's because a surplus if you look at the definition of it is you know taking in more calories than you are expending mm -hmm. which likely leads to weight gain or it should technically according to the you know energy and energy out equation and most people are terrified of gaining weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I wanted to touch on that was a little different with a surplus is we didn't really talk about benefits in the other phases. But I do think it's important to talk about why someone would be in a surplus. Um, did you want to talk sure. about those? In order to, let me say this, for 99% of the population, in order to build lean tissue or increase muscle mass, you're going to need to be in some sort of caloric surplus. It doesn't need to be excessive. You know, a, like 100 calories per day could do it, as little as 100 calories per day. Now, it, it can definitely be more. I'm just trying to get across the point that it doesn't need to be an excessive surplus. In fact, it shouldn't be or else you're going to gain body fat in addition to building the lean muscle mass. But there is that 1% of the population or 0.05% who are those genetic freaks that can both lose weight and gain muscle at the same time. Like the, the dream that everybody wants, it's not impossible, but it's very difficult. So that's why we recommend if you're trying to gain muscle that you be in this slight surplus. Mm -hmm. And it might be, if, if you're listening to this thinking, should I be in a surplus? It could be a good idea for you to move into a surplus if your performance is your main priority. If you want to gain muscle, like we just described, or you're trying to get stronger. Those are really the three situations in which the surplus is beneficial. Have you ever been in a surplus phase intentionally? Yeah. Oh, for bodybuilding? Yeah. Any was, other time? Um, like, did you ever do it for CrossFit? I would say I did it for CrossFit, but it wasn't specific. I wasn't, I just knew what my baseline was in terms of the volume and the amounts of food I was eating oh. just based on site, like plate yeah. method essentially. And I just added a meal to the day. Gotcha. And that meal was likely around 400 calories. So I was adding a lot, but it was really high quality food. Mm. Do you remember when I went into a surplus when we first moved to Florida? No. My legs literally tripled in size. You don't like remember, think about when we moved to Florida. I was super little, super lean. We just saw that picture. And then you, we, you took me through like three to four strength cycles, like Olympic lifts, where I was like literally strength training for like three to four yeah, hours a day. Yeah, your legs were big. <laughs> they were huge. I couldn't wear your jeans. They looked baggy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, in terms of a surplus, it's similar to a deficit. How long should we be in there? I don't know if there's necessarily a limit if you're doing it well. Because you just can continue to get stronger, get bigger, you know, et cetera. But typically around that same like 12 to 16 week mark is probably just a good frequency. Mm -hmm. You know, just a good rhythm to fall into before you transition back to maintenance. And then just continue to repeat that process after you've been in maintenance for, I don't know, like four to eight weeks. Just to break up the monotony essentially of consuming additional calories. Mm -hmm. Um and then in terms of navigating it, everyone's a little bit different. You know, like I had just said, it could be as little as 100 calories per day. It could be as high as 500 calories per day if you're really trying to be accelerate the process. But in general, 
We just recommend folks starting out with a 5%, 5 to 10% increase above their estimated maintenance calories. And again, we're going to put that the maintenance calorie equation in the show notes. And then you just know to multiply by 0 0.05 or 0.10 to get to what 10% would be. I'm giving, I'm explaining that so Ash understands. Math isn't her strong suit. I understand. The only math I can do is like macros. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's like barbell and math. tips. Yeah, like guys I'm who good can, yeah, you are good at tips. Got like guys who can do barbell math. Yeah, they can only add it on the bar. Um, I can do that. Too. As far as when being in a surplus, like should there be a certain breakdown of like eating more carbs, more protein, more fat? What should that look like? In terms of protein, pretty much across the board, anywhere from 0.7 to 1.0 grams per pound of body weight is uh, is sufficient. It's going to be plenty. Now, if you're in a surplus and you're consuming more calories in general, you can probably bump your protein closer to the 1.0 grams per pound just to have more protein because you are trying to build lean tissue. And so you need additional protein. But overall, you are going to consume more carbohydrates as well. And in general, this is just more energy. So more calories equals more energy, which equals ability to train harder and to achieve the kinds of adaptations that you're searching for. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? Did I miss anything? Um, the only th other thing uh, to keep an eye on is like if you get up to around three grams of carbs per pound of body weight, that's where I would recommend starting to increase fat because yeah. that's just a lot of carbs. Yeah. And if you're not like a CrossFit athlete or these high intensity like athletes or high performers, you don't that's need, a ton of carbohydrates. Yeah, you don't need that many. Yeah, you're probably you're if you're just a normal gym goer, that is a lot of carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. You definitely don't need that. Uh, then lastly, I guess what to expect. I didn't touch on that. This is so big. can vary from person to person, obviously, but the weight gain can be anywhere from you know twenty five percent all the way upwards of like thirty three percent of muscle. So that weight gain coming from muscle, 25 to 35% or 25 to 33% coming from muscle, but 66 to 75% of the weight you gain is going to come from fat. So in other words, if you gain 15 pounds, really only about three to five pounds of that is going to be muscle. The additional weight on top of that, so the other 10 pounds is going to be adipose tissue, is going to be fat physiologically we can't gain muscle without gaining yeah fat. that's why people take steroids yeah. and growth hormone <laughs> yeah. and so if you don't want that number you have to take steroids yeah exactly um but i think that wraps it up for the four stages is there anything else you want to kind of add on or cap off this conversation with I think the only thing is just really determining like, okay, what season of life are you in? Are you uh, in a season where you're extremely busy? Maybe maintenance range is going to be best. Are you in a season where you do want to prioritize strength? Okay, maybe a slight surplus. Are you in a phase where or a season of life where things are just going really well? Stress is good. Work's good. Everything's just fine and dandy. Okay, maybe then it's a great time to be able to move into a deficit. Um, but make sure that the phase of nutrition just aligns with the season of life. Otherwise it does become very tricky. Couldn't agree more. Perfect. 
Well, I love talking about my favorite topic. (laughs) (laughs) If you missed anything on this episode or you want to hear more, check out our 27 (laughs) Instagram posts and the previous episode on the phases of nutrition. I don't know what number it is, so just... Because it's not there. It's there. (laughs) Scroll back through. You'll find it. Uh, I know there's a lot of episodes to go through, but you will find it. Uh, Other than that, guys, if you do have any additional questions, please seriously don't hesitate to reach out. Hit us up on Instagram at ballistic.performance or send us an email at hello at trainballistic.com. We are more than happy to dive into detail with you. But as always, we appreciate you for tuning in and we hope you have a fantastic week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, Ash and I just want to take a moment to express our thanks and gratitude. We are so incredibly blessed to have your support and we could not continue to show up week in and week out if it were not for you. If you enjoy what you hear in this channel, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, leave a review in there as well. That is how we reach more people and change more lives through the platform. Lastly, if you don't follow us across all of our other social media accounts, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. Our handles are either ballistic.performance or ballistic performance across all of those platforms. Or you can check us out online at trainballistic.com. Again, we appreciate and love you so much, and we hope you have a fantastic week.